dead in your face. Perfect. This sounds right, eh? Closer. Closer? Bring it in. Like that? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> find, find your voice there, Zane. <laughs> Four brothers, mate. How are we? Oh, yeah. We're good. Good well, to finally meet you in person. Yeah, bro. It's been a... Uh, been a long time of chatting but never uh, never actually seeing yeah and uh as we we're talking about before classicness of new zealand the crossover and intertwiningness of everything is um pretty crazy like um when it comes to like like-minded thinking and, and searching for answers that's where something like social media can be quite valuable way eh? that's the thing i i think the biggest thing about social media I, you see a lot of oh, social media is toxic and it's bad and it's this and that well, the thing is, it's also a chance for people to express, and mm. the, the person that I guess is expressing these feelings, these thoughts, whatever the fuck they're going through, they look like them. Mm. They're like, you're so similar to me. So I think that's one of the biggest things about social media is it's every every person's intertwined through one degree of separation. Yeah. I mean, you look at New Zealand, and everyone knows everybody throughout the community, or through this person or that person. Well, social media is that avenue into connecting those people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um what does your friend group look like these days moving back from Australia? So, the missus laughs at this. She thinks I've got a... She says to me, you know so many people, you've got so many friends. For me, my, my friend circle is super small. Yeah. I probably count on two hands my, my friends. Yeah. I've got a lot of acquaintances and people I know and this and that, but yeah. my, my friendship circle is very small. And that comes from, uh, I guess, being that person before is very outgoing and puts myself... Uh, in the centre of, of people and I'm always there for them and this and that so your friendship circle grows mm. and then when you're going through shit you realise well they're not all my friends are they no. they're, they're there for the good times but when times get tough they're not there yeah. so I'd say probably maybe 8-10 people who I could rely on any time of the day good or bad give them a call they're going to be right there and mm-hmm. it's the same people most of these people I've known for 15-20 years so yep. it's the same people that have always been there um, and I guess as you grow up it, it takes I guess going through shit to realise these are my people and mm-hmm. these are who my friends are but in saying that like I, I am a very open person and I welcome anybody in but mm-hmm. um, I do keep my boundaries up a lot of the time because I'm like I've been shut on before and I don't want it to happen again <laughs> and I think that's something that all of us go through especially you, I guess if you're an empath or, or a giver yeah. you give so much to other people and when you you get hurt you, you take it pretty personally mm-hmm. so I am um, yeah my friendship circle is it's, it's huge but it's also very confined as well Mate, you just said a word that's a small word, but a big word. Empath. Mm. Where, where, do you, where did you um, get that part of your vocabulary from, bro? <laughs> Gee whiz. Oh, you might be, uh, might be stunning the audience real fast <laughs> these, eh? Honestly, it came from... Um, so, I'll throw this out there. No, 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 no fear at all. I speak to therapists and a life coach. Mm-hmm. And it came from them. Um, it was pretty much just the fact that I absorb a lot of what people are going through. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't. Um, it, it's, it's not an unhealthy thing it's not a bad thing but it's also not a it's not something um, I guess that is going to push you further in your own feelings if you're taking on so much stuff when you're aware of it it will it's perfect but when you're when you're not aware that you're taking on your else's problems you're taking those home you're, you're, you're dealing with those inside that fucks you up big time mate you're swearing again feelings what are those <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well that, that's the thing I mean <laughs> I'm so open about it. Guys don't talk about feelings. Thoughts, no, no. Emotions, uh, fuck it, therapy, anything they're going through. Yeah. To be honest, if it was, if we were talking five years ago, I would have laughed. Right. What are you talking about? Oh, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was actually going through 
a stage of my life where I didn't attempt, but I, yeah, there was some suicidal thoughts going on there. Um, I was over in Melbourne, didn't know anybody, no friends, no family over there. And coming from West Auckland, the way you deal with your problems is drugs and alcohol. Mm. You don't talk about it. You you, you you cover it up. You shelter it. Um, so I went to Melbourne and all that lifestyle followed me there and put myself in a pretty pretty bad situation. Um, yeah, it was depressed as anything. My anxiety was playing up. And the only way I'd deal with it was to get ridden off. And that just became a daily habit. Um, daily? Daily. Doing well in my career. Doing very, very well in my career. Um but a lot of it, and I'm not afraid to admit this now, a lot of it was drug fueled. Um, you're sniffing a gram of coke at work, and it right. just kept you fired. And you were you were doing so well in, in your career because you were driving, but then it was it was leaving there and having to keep that high up and trying to maintain the levels of. I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm not going through anything. I'm huh. I'm, I'm happy. Uh-huh. Um, and so the, the amount of stuff you're putting in your body to try and maintain that that happiness feeling that that persona that you're playing off to everybody, it wasn't healthy. And um, yeah, probably. Three years into my time there, it all hit me. I crashed. Hmm. And it, um, yeah, sitting in my apartment one night and things probably got worse than they'd ever been. Um, the mind was, I guess, full of some, some pretty dark places. And um, yeah, not saying I didn't, didn't attempt, didn't even take the steps to attempt, but the, the thoughts were there. And that scared the living shit out of me. Um, well, what were you saying to yourself? Pretty much. <clears throat> When you're in a country and you've got no one around, you, you you don't have a mistress, you don't have your family, you don't have any, I guess, close friends as we were talking about before, it's the, the thought of, if if I jumped off this building now, would anybody care? Would anybody actually realise? It's like the feelings and thoughts that I'm going through, nobody else knows them, so how, how is anybody else going to help me? How is anybody else going to talk me out of these things that I'm going through? How, how do I, first of all, start talking to somebody? And that was the biggest fear for me. How do mm. I tell somebody that... I'm fucked. That I've got no idea what what's going on at the moment. Um, what happened that night was I actually called one of my best friends over here. Shout out Jamie, I love you, brother. Um, and told him hmm. biggest biggest fear I've ever had in my life was telling one of my boys, "Yeah, I'm not all good." Um, and I'm not going to say it stopped there because trying to go from that lifestyle to to, to cold turkey isn't a it's not an easy thing to do. Hmm. Um, but yeah, what happened from that point was I actually started talking to people. Um, biggest fear for me, I think it's the same for a lot of men out there, is going to see a therapist. Hmm. Because how do you tell a stranger how you're feeling? How do you how do you open up to them? And what happened was one of the boys I know from West Auckland, he's a, um, he's a breathwork practitioner. And he'd been over in Bali for the last 10 years. And he was actually in Melbourne a couple of months later. And I went on to a breathwork session. Hmm. And... Not going to say it was the be all and end all of fixing all my problems in life, mm. but it actually gave me a little bit of insight to where a lot of these feelings were coming from. So, what, what, was, what did the breathwork look like? So, he does holotropic breathwork. Um, so, I was a, yeah, in a bit of a deep trance, and I'm one of those people, not as much anymore, but I used to be very skeptical of, of things like that. I used yeah. to go, oh, fuck, why would I do that? That's not going to be, like, it's beneficial for me. So, Happy. so was that like a, a good. 10, 20 minutes of the doing the hyperventilating so, breath. So 40 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes, 10 minute winding. And by the time you get to 10 minutes, you notice your body's clamming up. You've got T-Rex hands. You're, you go into a state. Yeah, yeah people yeah, people yeah, watching yeah. it. Um, you end up like this and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was getting into that and literally, I guess, accepting it. Um, trying something new like that. And, and uh, if anyone out there's done breath work and you don't go in there with 100% yourself... You, you're not going to feel anything. You're not going to. You're not going to get yourself to a point where you can actually realise the things that you're feeling or thinking you're going through. Mm. And I went in there the first time when I was a little bit, 
I guess, cautious and skeptical, and so I was a little bit hold offish. Mm-hmm. Even uh, even that first one, it opened my eyes a little bit. The second one was, I guess, a catalyst for all change. Um, pretty open about it now. My birth father left pretty much instantly when I was born. Right. Um, so never met him. Mm-hmm. So that for men is not a lot of men don't ever want to really admit it. That's where the abandonment issues start mm-hmm. throwing up. And mm-hmm. for me, it all went hand in hand. The the drugs, the the partying, the lifestyle was. I didn't want to. I guess get too attached to anybody because mm. oh, why would I? You're just going to abandon me. You're going to mm. run away from me. Mm. Um, and so through, um, I guess, a decent year or so with Steve um, doing the breathwork sessions and actually delving into places like that, I actually got a bit more of an understanding of where my mind was at, why I was feeling a certain way, why I was dealing with things in a certain way. Um, as I said before, growing up in West Auckland, a lot of the boys that grew up there, I guess it's the same thing for a lot of people in New Zealand, you don't grow up with your father or a father figure. Or mm-hmm. if you do, it's not a, um, I mean, this is a very generalized comment, but it's not a very healthy upbringing. You're going back 30 years ago, the, the, the style of parenting was a lot different to what it is now. Yeah, I'm an ass smacked. Yeah, I, yeah. I got a lot more of them ass smacked than it yeah. was. Um, so did, did, was there a certain element of overcompensation? <laughs> In a way, yeah. Um, I mean, when, you've, when you feel as though you're less because you've been abandoned or you're there, there was somebody that didn't love you, well, you want to be more. Mm-hmm. You want to feel more. And how do you feel more if you're just trying to push those people away? And that mm. was the... I guess the crossroads for me in life. I was partying so much because I wanted to be the centre of attention. I wanted to be welcomed and loved and uh, to feel good. But at the same time, I was pushing anybody who was close to me away. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, at the point in time, I had no idea I was doing that. I couldn't even figure out what I was doing myself. Um, and so it's still slowly starting with um, with Steve. Was It was a huge step in the right direction. And then from there, I guess speaking to a life coach and a therapist, um, it opened my eyes hugely just to delve into... The people that we are every day, we've all got traits, I guess, which aren't healthy. Um, mm. there's, there's things that we do, which is our coping mechanisms, which is the way we've built our life on. Um, I guess for me, it was the abandonment, getting somebody close and pushing them away, wanting more love than what people were giving me, and it, was, it, it wasn't very healthy at all. And speaking to, um, to Brie, she's one of, the, uh, yeah, one of the, the people who's opened my eyes hugely, I guess, into my own mental health, being able to speak to somebody and cry and deal with it mm. and that's one thing we don't talk about as men is having a cry um, mm. it's it's funny I, I see a lot of men out there who are obviously hurting and you can't tell somebody else they're hurting until they're willing to i guess start talking about things themselves mm. absolutely yeah um my older brother was at a um stag do the other week <laughs> in, in Rotorua, and he called me at about 10 o'clock at night i might even been 11 and we talked for two hours. <laughs> and um, I laugh because I always think of um, one of the homebrew songs and it's like we've got a um, we mumble a bunch of bullshit sports scores and weather talk and when we say that's cold, that's a metaphor because as men we're never uh, taught to express ourselves or better yet, accept ourselves and we've got to take enough ecstasy to let it out or something like that. Bro, that's, it's so true. Like... I, I mean, I'm 30, 32, almost 33. So growing up, 15 years ago was when I first introduced off, probably a little bit earlier than that, so I was about 13, 12, 13, introduced into a lifestyle of drugs. Mm. And that's just what you did. That's mm. just how you, you did shit. You take, uh, you take too many pills on the weekend and you tell your friends you love them and this and that, and that's about as far as you go into your emotions with those brothers close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So you're just trying to block everybody out. You don't accept who you are as a person. And when you don't accept who you are, how is anybody else going to accept you? You're mm. playing this, this fake role in life the whole time. <laughs> and it was, um, it was, it was strange because I thought I, I was all good. I thought I had it all together. And yeah. I was like, it takes that moment, like that moment in Melbourne sitting in my hotel room or my apartment to actually open your eyes yeah. and be like, shit, I don't have it all together. Because... Yeah. I know. As men, we're always taught you're supposed to be strong and smart and and have everything sorted. Yeah. No, it was funny. Like I was, I was stone cold sober, and he's, you know, <laughs> to the wind. What's I can't remember what that what that saying is something to the wind. But yeah, like um, he's like, oh mate, I feel like we haven't like caught up. So we we like went through like mostly the last four years. But then we're like talking about university again, like back to times where I was a still an idiot. Let's be honest. But um, back when I was really an idiot, no no idea, and, and some of the the shit I got in, into in uni and needed him and yeah. and stuff like that. And you know, and his his gun, he, he said to me, he's like, you know, you pay thousands of, of dollars for you know to go see a therapist, or you know. Just like talking like this, it's just, it's just valuable. I was like, yeah, you're right, but do you remember any of this? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, like, that's the funniest thing. So like, when I start looking into therapy and stuff like that, and the, the cost of it is, is, it is a big thing. Um, mm. I mean, a lot of us, even when you've got money in the bank, outlaying that money, mm. it's, it's hard. Like you're paying for therapy sessions at 200 bucks a session. And it's, yeah, it's, for eight weeks. Yeah, or... and it's expensive. Yeah. So like, I guess that's where For All The Brothers was kind of kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a space for me to be able to talk, but it was also a space for other brothers to be able to step in and talk too. Mm. Because as you said just then, 90% of the time, all you just need is a shoulder or somebody you know to just vent that shit to, to yeah. say it. And then 90% of the time, that person agrees with you because they're feeling the same way too. And it's I like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's funny for me because we all think, fuck, no one's going to understand me. No, one, no one's going to think what I'm thinking is normal. Yeah. And then you tell them, and they're like, shit, I feel the same way too, bro. Yeah. Well, as we just, you know, before we even got started talking about um, with Stefan and yep. yourself and myself, you know, we've all gone through separation. And I said, you know, I knew two guys in Australia that yep. when, when it was happening to me, we were like, you know, just be aware of all these things. And, you know, it's like. It's the, it's the funny thing because, like, especially as we're talking about, I guess, separation and kids being involved and stuff, you're mm. like, fuck, I've, I've seen so many other people in the world go through separations with kids and stuff and they seem fine like they mm. obviously I'm there's something wrong with me for feeling this way like, <laughs> how, how can they do it and be fine truth and truth of the matter is they went through the exact same thing most likely too mm. they just didn't speak about it yeah and that's I guess it's something which as we become I guess more open about mental health and men or, or thoughts and feelings and emotions everything else we can actually start talking about those things mm. and so when somebody else is going through it they realize fuck this is how they felt too this is what they used or this is the things they did to actually help ease those, those feelings or, or calm their mind mm. I mean as I was saying before when you've got a kid your kid's your life mm. and then when you can't spend every day with them it does take a huge toll oh fuck yeah so like um, recently similar to you like we are just before lockdown um, my partner and my daughter moved uh, ex-partner and daughter moved up to Pukekohe yeah. and I moved out to my mate's place in Tikakino Central Hawks Bay and then lockdown's going on, and I'm stuck on the farm. It's Easter. I'm supposed to have gone to Stop see it. her, and yeah, just woke up. I was like, "Oh man!" Like, you know, had a, had a bit of a cry. Mm. Messaged one of the guys that had been through it, and then my other mate in in Melbourne. He's she's like, he's just real good, good dude to talk to, Andy. And um and how and it, and it's funny. Um, on Friday night, I was talking with Will Fleming from Police by Mine, and we talked about how. It's creates a little bit of a safe space in a vehicle to like say whatever the fuck you want, mm. 
and so i used that thing for myself <laughs> so i got both these guys on in the same day and recorded two like good good yeah. steady podcasts which was i didn't necessarily say too much but it was helping me deal with deal with some what was going on at the time and then like um you know i'd get back from a long weekend with my daughter up up into Kofada and get into Hawke's Bay and go past things that were done as a family and stuff like that and bore miles out yeah. or like you know what there was one one time when I was pretty bloody stoked my flatmates weren't home and just kind of bubbled my way around the house until <laughs> I went to sleep and it was like I think that's the, that's the thing like as I was saying to you, to you earlier it's it's the moments like at night when you don't have a kid I'm man I'm a sook like yeah. for real um, I'll sit there some nights and like Something will come on TV or this or yeah. that, and you just have this like this feeling of like, oh shit, here it comes. Uh, it, it, it is hard, and I mean, I still remember. So me and my ex-wife separated, and I still remember the first night of his whole life that I didn't spend with him. Mm. It would have been hard out. Been a year and a half. So it's a year and a half of being with him most of the time, being at work and then being at home and being with him. Yeah. And then that first night away from him, I was like, that that took a huge toll. And yeah. There's so many men out there that that don't have anybody else to just vent to to speak to yeah. I mean, man if there's any guys that listen to this that are going through a separation shit you're not alone yeah like it's, hard it, it's fucking hard yeah i used to put my daughter to bed most nights and yeah it's the same thing like um yeah quiet house go, <laughs> going to bed and you're like what do i do now what do i do <laughs> what am i up to it's even, it's even funny like um so my girlfriend and her daughter will be there and my daughter will be there and the two of them the two girls will just like be like ryan ryan and fuck, last uh, last night when i rocked up to my daughter's house she was like ryan i'm like what the hell it's dead <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like um yeah then they, then everyone leaves and my house is just dead quiet i'm like oh, this is kind of shit <laughs> yeah. come back and call me ryan and tell me what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's like like my young fella he's He's pretty switched on. He's three and a half now. Um, and he's calling me Zane at the moment. Oh, yeah. Stop calling me dad. He's calling me Zane. And I'm like, but he knows when to do it too. Yeah. I'm not answering him. Zane. And I'm like, fucking little shit. <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's, it's funny though. Like it, when For All the Brothers started, I was in a pretty pretty rough space mentally. Um, there was nothing major, but it was just like I was feeling the lows of life. And had a kid and thought I would have been the ideal dad and this and that. And even though I was, I couldn't see myself as that mm. um i guess kids when they're born they take a natural i guess latch to their, to their mothers mm-hmm. and um i felt as though i wasn't doing the best that i could or i wasn't the best dad and this and that and even though they were only thoughts i was having i guess that, that postnatal depression kicked in mm-hmm. and it was it sucked like it was it was hard and then um yeah we went through the, i went through the pretty pretty rough six months of it um, just not knowing where i fitted in in his life because mm-hmm. He was yeah, colic and reflux, and all he wanted oh, was his mum, and it was it was hard, man. Because I was like, I had all these dreams of he would be born, and instantly me and him would be best mates. And mm-hmm. but he relied on his mother a lot, and so it took its toll on me a little bit. And I guess that's where for all the brothers took shape. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I've been through problems, I thought I'd sorted out everything I was going through in life, and this and that, or something else happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I'm going through these things every six months to a year and it's a different thing coming up in life and I'm trying to have to progress through how many other men are going through this mm. so for all the brothers started and I realised the first couple of guys I started speaking to were new fathers too and they were going through the exact same thing mm. and it was it was huge for me um, but it was also having a kid he's he's a lot of my life he's my best mate I was like I never want him to 
go through what I'm going through alone. Mm-hmm. He's alone. But in saying that, like, he's the reason I'm still here, mm-hmm. uh, hands down. Yeah, even on a shitty day, no matter what's going on, it, uh, my son's just the, the everything. Yeah. So, um, how how much have you been able to try and see how much of it is not having the dad around? To so, I've got him. I've got him every weekend. Yeah, but in terms of oh. uh, that, um, I guess the imposter syndrome type mm. vibe of you know your you have the son, so you're the father. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, what do I do? Yeah. You know, do you, do you think that it was like missing a model going on? A little bit. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, when when he's not with me, yeah, man, my life's like, I, I know what I'm doing, but I'm lost. And I think it was the replication of my father not being there for me. I'm yeah. like, how's, how's he going to know that I'm his dad? Okay, if, yes. If, if I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I've got him every weekend and that's the biggest thing. He knows I pick him up Friday. Mm. He's excited. Mm. And, I, and I, I'm picking up Friday. I'm excited. Oh, hell yeah. But when I'm not with him, yeah, that, that is a hard thing for me. Do you get to um, message her? No. Nah, nah, me, and, me and the ex-wife aren't on, uh, I terms. guess, the greatest of terms. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, 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 it it's hard because you want it to be civil for your son like you, you want things to be think but that anybody who's been through a divorce mm. you know it's not that way it doesn't doesn't uh it doesn't always go that way yeah well yeah but could you if, if you've been curious and listening to this because <laughs> that sort of shit happens yeah hi yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, but I mean, um, I mean, could could you uh for the sake of the son <laughs> Set up the messenger camera. It can be just be, you know, like my daughter hangs up on me. So yeah. it can only be like two minutes. Yeah, well, that's that's like occasionally we'll be able to do that. Yeah, that's when we're on good speaking terms. Yeah, but then like, I mean, when you're you're separated like that, you've got that that, that animosity against one mm. another, and it's mm. it's nothing to do with anything personal. Mm. It's just like shit. Life is hard. This we're going through, and I mean. I'm, I am hoping, like in the future, we find that mutual civil ground for him, especially mm, he is he's, he's, he's the man like yeah he's he the man <laughs> kids are awesome mate. oh yeah yeah i had a um what, was, what are they called lawyer for child um come in as a patient when i was in hawks bay and i was like what's the biggest thing you've learned i hadn't said that yeah that i was, was separated and she was like the kids are awesome she <laughs> said the kids would be all right the thing that's messed up is the parents the always always the parents i was like oh yep like it's noted. Every person I talk to about who's been through a divorce or a separation, and kids are involved. They're like, it gets nasty, and they're like, that's the hardest thing because you're not fighting. I guess what happens at the end of the day is you stop fighting for the kid and you start fighting against each other, mm. and like no one's going anywhere. Mm. Um, but I mean, at the moment, like I've got him every weekend, and that's the highlight of my life. Yeah, and it's just like nothing. From the moment I pick him up till I drop him back at daycare on on Monday nothing matters and I'm like it's how it should be I'm like so I mean hopefully down the track we, we get to a point where it's week on week off or something like that yeah. but I mean yeah it's it's one of those shitty situations you go through in life yeah uh, in, in the scheme of things I'm very lucky yeah. <laughs> um, that's a weird thing to say when you're talking about separating from your uh, daughter's yeah. mother but um, yeah I, I think it was like the, the big thing is neither of us want to do wrong by him yeah. but neither of us want to do right by <laughs> and like you get put in that shitty situation and you're like fuck how and ridiculous is that say oh, like hearing that out loud oh yeah it's a bro it's so dumb and like sometimes like i mean i'm not gonna say i'm a saint so we, she'll say something and I'll, I'll retaliate and like it's just it's not very i guess 
forward movement, but it's less, uh, lesser uh, lesser sounds come out. Yeah, yeah. So like you just you just battle, and then hopefully, I mean, it comes to that point where you just like, uh, what do you, what does he want to do? And yeah. we we can know we know that's going to come in a few years. He's he's old enough to make a lot of his own decisions now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we come to the end of the point. Well, where do you want to live? Well, who mm-hmm. do you want to be with? And we, we work around that, I guess. But I mean, at the moment, weekends work good for me. I work during the weekend. Mm. Free time, I've got them all weekend, so it's a uh, it's a huge blessing for me. Mm. Um, so you said like thirteen, fourteen, the drug lifestyle sort of came around. Like, was were you engaged in any other avenues, or did you just have a vacant hold that that filled? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, high school I went to. I'm not going to mention the name, but uh, smoking weed was normal. Yeah, you just like smoking cigarettes. You go down to lunch on the back courts and start smoking weed. Yeah, and uh. As stupid as generic as it sounds, it's something I don't even believe in. It's a gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> You're at a party in the weekend, or someone's smoking a joint. Oh, this them pills. Oh, we'll try, we'll try ecstasy and see what happens. Yeah. And you try that, and it leads into one thing, into another, into another. And I guess as you get older, your circle gets bigger. You start meeting new people. You're making more money. Well, you can try this and you can try that. Mm. It was um yeah. Anyone out there is going through it. Just yeah, try and uh either seek some professional help or, or just make the decision that shit's not good for you no matter what you're doing out there I mean yeah. I don't I'm open about this I don't care if you smoke weed or what you do on the weekends your recreational fun whatever you get up to because I'm saying I'm not a saint either yeah. but there's also a difference between recreational and, and full time use and what I was doing in Melbourne was I guess I, I was using to keep up that high paced lifestyle mm. I've got a lot of energy but I just had to push it to that next level it's like taking a a pill that just keeps you firing at a hundred all the time. So, does the work like fulfilling? Like, this is, uh, for a while it was. Um, so, being an operations manager of a pretty large uh, printing company in in Melbourne, Victoria, it was huge because I was only at the point in time when I first got put in that role. I was 25, 24, 25 and I had the world in my hands. Hmm. Six figure salary and just killing it, doing so well. But it was also and, and having that. There was two sides to the coin. It was the, the, the on paper it looked like you're living the best life ever, but on the other side of the coin, you were doing so much wrong to your body to keep yourself mm-hmm. living at that that lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, which was which was really hard. And I mean, I'm not going to say it was. Who are you showing off to? To no one. No one. That's the thing. Messed up. And it was my talking talking my life coach about it one time. And it was like. And I just thought I was, and I was like, that was probably one of the hardest things to actually grasp the the reality of. It was all me. Yeah, it was all me just trying to. What about like all those all those idiots back in West Auckland? Like, was there any of that? That was the thing. Like going over there, thinking that I could do better than anybody. Um, That's a big thing for us as men. Like a lot of our decisions we make or the things we do are very. I guess egotistical mm. everything we do is ego driven because we want to be the best or we want to be better than that person or show people they're wrong and this yeah, and that yeah, and it's it's fucking stupid like, it gets you so far like, it, 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 it does I mean I'm, I'm not going to say and that's like, why the habit continues yeah, into a dangerous place like, ego, ego is a good thing to have um, but it's as somebody said to me it's 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 not cockiness it's confidence mm. um, if, you, if you're cocky man you're, you're going to dig yourself a hole and people are going to think you're a dickhead mm. but if you're confident you can walk into a room of confidence people are going to be like I like that guy like mm. he, he knows what he's doing he's, he's got a good vibe about him you walk in cocky everyone's going to be like oh they're a dickhead you're, you're, you're like two guys two guys might be like oh I like that guy well the first, the first time they meet you they're like oh he's great and then yeah. a couple of times like, no, that person's full yeah, of shit yeah 100% 100% <laughs> and like that was the lifestyle in, like, in Melbourne being so young making so much money doing quite well in my career 
I thought I had the world in my hands. Yeah. And so when you've got that and you're on a lot of drug field benders, well, what happens in turn is you get that mentality. I'm mm. the man. Fuck, mm-hmm. I've got it all sorted. And then when you come crashing down, it hits you 10 times harder because you've got to go from living up here to living way down here. Mm-hmm. And it, it was hard, like trying to rebuild back up to that way. But it, it as somebody said to me, like every time you fall or every time everything falls apart, you've got your chance to rebuild it how you want it. Mm-hmm. And... I guess that that moment where I didn't know what I was going to do with life anymore, that was that resetting point for me. Mm. Got to rebuild life how I wanted it. I'm not going to say I followed the straight path of doing things because I was yeah, still up to no good. I wasn't wasn't doing the best for my body, but I also knew that I was starting, I guess, from scratch and rebuilding it how I wanted to do. And every time I made a mistake, well, I'm starting again. Mm. And it was um, yeah, it was a, it was a a strange place in time because. To go from the highs to highs to the lowest to lows within 24 hours, mm. it fucking sucked. Well, and it's said every day. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, as, as somebody who was, I'm open about it, addicted to drugs, mm. and it was it was everything. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't a healthy lifestyle. The body took a hell of a toll. Drinking every day, you, your body's not made for that. Like, it's, it's one of mm. the biggest depressants there is, is alcohol. And I was just feeling my body with it. Um uh, food, everything else was put into my body. It was just, I was in a bad space, mm. Mm. and then I, I, I do look back on it now, and I was like, "Shit!" I was like, the, "The point I put myself to mentally, that's probably like a lot of it had to do with what I was putting into my body. Mm. It wasn't my mind. It was me beating myself up about shit that I couldn't control. And what was I doing? I was just fueling my body with bad shit, which mm. in turn was taking its toll on my mind. Um, it's something I speak to a lot of guys up here about all the time. I don't drink a lot anymore mm. once a month twice a month have a, have, a, have a big night or something like that but it's not like it used to be mm. um, don't get me wrong I enjoy the the odd beer here and there after work and this and that but I know now I've got my point mm-hmm. two or three beers and I'm turning the tap off because otherwise it's it's all going <laughs> getting ahead of steam up <laughs> losing as me and my mates term it losing sight of shore oh that's it that's it and I, I think the boat's the boat's gone yeah I think the thing is for a lot of us men here in New Zealand is like I mean, I've got nothing wrong with anybody who, who gets on the person parties and does their thing. But for me, it just doesn't work like it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big thing in New Zealand. We've got a huge drinking culture here. It's mm-hmm. so accepted. It's so common. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, let's just go get on the piss. Or we go to the pub and have 10 beers. And then, oh, well, let's get a bag of this and, and let's party all night. Like, it, it just, it's so accepted and common here. Um, so I think the thing for me was knowing, okay, I can't do that all the time. I can in doses but I can't do it all the time and I've got to take myself out of that situation mm. I think that was a big growing point for myself was realising no one else is doing it to me I'm, I'm was, was that before or after your, your son um, probably after <laughs> yeah. I mean it's something I st- I'm still teaching myself as we speak yeah. I mean su- summer's been a um, summer's been a decent summer we're not on the piss every day but when we had a blowout we had a decent blowout and it, w- it was fun and enjoyable but it was in a holiday that, that, is, that is like an awesome place mm. like Bay Dreams with my mates was fun and enjoyable. Yeah. And I acknowledged that like I even booked booked my annual leave to be come back on the Thursday, not the Wednesday. So you had a recovery. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, cause it, we we're gonna go and have some fun. <laughs> and you know, I don't I don't I don't wanna show up being less of myself on on the Thursday. Bro, that's the same as me. Like we went to we went up to Eurotiddy. Uh, for a little while pre-Nears mm-hmm. and up there and it was nice and then caught up with some friends on New Year's Eve New Year's Eve I didn't even think I was pissed 
I was yeah. um, in bed by 20 past 12. Like yeah. it was, <laughs> I bet you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, <laughs> we're in bed at nine. Yeah. See, like, as we get older, like, all our priorities change. Yeah. And, like, it, it comes down to, like, we went down to um, Festival down in Tauranga on the 3rd. Oh, yeah, the same one, yeah, yeah, we were looking forward to that for so long. Yeah. And so, like, we didn't have a big New Year's Eve. Yeah. Like, Chris, leading up to New Year's Eve, wasn't huge nights. We were looking forward to one event. And I think that's, fuck, we're old, Zane. That was no, us. Bro, see, that's 100%. That's what I was, like, saying the other day. I was like, fuck, my priorities have changed. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting old. <laughs> I was looking forward to a festival. Um, but, I mean, that, like, uh, not going to lie, I had a decent blowout that day. Um, but we had a place booked for the following four days. So I yeah. knew that, like even though you might feel shit the following day, that I've got a couple of days to recover and relax before I come back to work. And I yeah. think as as we grow and as we heal certain things or deal with certain things, our, our priorities change. Yeah. Like, yeah, we had the, the girls from Christmas till the second, and then we jumped over to Tauranga. And then, fucking went. Yeah, and even like on the third, um, me and my mate ran around the bottom, and then I met my girlfriend at the bottom, and we walked up and down and walked back to my mate's place, mm. which is up by Tay Street. And... Yeah, so I was like, do that, and like, drinking water as well, <laughs> and then fuck, then we got to that bloody festival, that festival, it was roasting. You know what the thing Did was? Did you get a spot under the trees? Probably under the trees up on the hill. <laughs> so we walked in, and we got there, we got there kind of early. And, Did you see um, Coven? Yeah, so Coven was on when we got there. Fuck, she was good. So we walked in, straight to the bar. Yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah, same, that's what we did load, too. Loaded up with a drink. <laughs> you got your AWAP, and that'd be $4 to activate. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do, like, what do you mean do I want to do that? Of course, of course I need to do that. I want to do that. Can I say no? So we went over and like loaded up with drinks, and then we came back to the centre, and like we were watching Coven play, and we were right in front of that sound tent area. Yeah. And I just looked up, I was like, fuck, there's no shelter. The <laughs> sun is evil. And so we looked up on the hill, and there's probably about 10, 12 of us, and we walked up the hill. It was this perfect spot, like, right underneath the tree, and I was like, fuck, that's us. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, you know, that was probably one of the greatest festivals I've been to. I mean, if I haven't been to one for a long time. Yeah. But in such a long time. Everyone oh, was, was in so such good. a good mood. There was no, like, one of the big things, and this is no offense against anybody who goes to festivals, but there's so much drama and fights and, mm. uh, and fucking anger and shit that goes on there, so I don't like them. Went there, everyone's like fresh out of lockdown, like we weren't able to travel, everyone's having the time of their life, and I'm like, that's how it should be. Like, that's what I had fun at. Yeah. And it was like, um, it was a lot of variety. Like, you know, my mates were arguing that Kevin should have, it should have been a Kevin friction, oh, yeah. this guy run. Yeah. And man, they would have gone off. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was cool. Like, we got there full Kevin. Me and my girlfriend were sort of two or three rows back by the by the fellas with the um, yellow, uh, what are those cats called? Legionnaires hats yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw the the came and had some videos. And it was like it was all of the way. I was like, these guys. And they, that's what it was. It was one of the lads holding his phone up, just like swiping right. <laughs> I was like, those lads. But it was um, that was the cool thing. Like. Uh, the energy like it sounds so fucking generic and stupid but the energy around you is what lifts you up mm. and like, I walked in there and like if anyone no one's ever watched or listened to Coven before uh, so it's normally male DJ female vocal she, yeah. her energy is on like, yeah. I walked in and just seen her bouncing around the stage and I was like I'm instantly in a good mood I was like I want to be up there um, she's the shit oh yeah I had so much fun I even said the mists I was like that was probably one of the greatest sets I've seen in so long and mm. I don't know if it was because I was feeling fucking good anyway but it was like I walked in there and I was just like this is how it should be like, mm. you're finally happy yeah um, but I think as I said before like everyone was fresh out of lockdown no mm. one's been able to travel no one's been able to go anywhere or do anything for so long everyone was on just such a good mood and I was like that's what I want to be around in life yeah no that was uh, 
yeah, I was very tempted to come to old Golden Lights and the South was was that one South. Yeah, South, 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 what yeah. the city of Sales, whatever, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were down there, and I had the same thing. I, I got a bit of a rubber arm when it comes to. Going to another festival and um, yeah, I clearly had work. Oh, that's, I had the texts being like, "You want to come?" And I had my son, and I was like, "Nah, I got my son. I'm dad mode." So I had to, yes. uh, I had to pull the, the adult card. But I mean, yeah, I, when someone says something, I always think it's a really good idea. Yeah, and then I stop and think about it. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, I was, we were like, I did a podcast with the lads on the day before on the second. And we were talking about it, and at that stage, we were still hopeful that Dimension was going to yeah, be yeah, able to play. Yeah. I hope he's all right, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. Like when we left um, Tauranga, so we were down there till I think it would have been the fifth or sixth or something like that. And we came back to Auckland. I was supposed to go back to work on the Monday. Yeah. Well, then they had that big announcement. Got the notification. Oh, bro, I was like, Did you get one? No, so we didn't get the notification. Someone sent us yeah. the heads up. So I don't know, like, why we didn't get the the update about it. But then I was like, Fuck. Well, my mates didn't sign in. So Did they? Uh, well, that's what. So I don't know if we didn't sign in either. They took our, our board, our vaccine, vaccine pass, pass and yeah. passport, my license, and all that stuff. And I was like, All right, sweet as. Yeah, from memory, and it's pretty hazy because um, <laughs> we were in a good place. We timed it well. Um, yeah, it was ticket and vaccine pass, and then up on the, the, the where that tent started that you walked through and thankfully when we were there there was no queue yeah um, there was the big oh the big QR code sign in here well I didn't see that so yeah, that, that, that's part of the rigmarole of it yeah. is you got to like sign, sign the barcode of your ticket sign the barcode of your um, vaccine pass and you then, get so much then stuff sign on in it. yourself on the QR code and so I think a lot of people missed the sign in on yeah. the QR code thankfully it got downgraded well that's that was my fear like we got back and it was a Sunday morning and I'd just done a for all the bollers walk up here in Auckland. Oh shit! And then so I got back in the car and checked my phone, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And so I was like, I was stressing out. I was like, "I've just put these like 15 guys at risk." I was like, "Fuck, what's going on?" Yeah. So I went straight to a testing station and got tested. And then by that afternoon, they'd already downgraded it, and they said, "Oh, you just need a negative test to get back to work." Yeah. And then the next time, I oh, don't even worry about a test. You guys are all good. And I was like, "Bro," I was like, "So how fast did yours come back?" So. I waited the Monday, took Monday off work yeah. to wait for my results just to yeah. be safe. I didn't want to be that guy that turned up to work first day of the year and set everybody off. Yeah. So I waited for my results. I got my results like ten thirty Monday night. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Mine, mine came through at like nine thirty on the Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I, I had got quite impatient by that stage, oh, and, that, and I went and got a rat. But yeah. I was fuming. I was like. I'd done like 36 hours of waiting and I'm like what the fuck I was like just let me know and other people were like oh, posting that they're negative oh, as well I'd be like come on well, that's, like, that's like the Mrs. Flatmate she her, her and her flatmate got it done at the same time exactly the same time same car same testing station her friend got her flatmate got hers back at 7am the next the following Monday morning yeah. she didn't get hers back till 10.30 like me and I was like how does this work I was like have we got it and that's why they're not telling us and I was yeah like, they're like trying oh, to, are they like doing a genome sequence that would, I was like I was freaking out making sure it's like, not Omicron yeah. all, and like as stupid as it sounds I just wanted to go back to work yeah. <laughs> I just want to go back to work I know I've like, been on holiday yeah, yeah so weird. I don't need that extra day but I mean it's I guess it's part and parcel with what's going on in the world at the moment it's just oh. a crazy place and I mean, everyone's got their own views and decisions, and it's it's completely up to whatever everyone else wants to do. I'm not going to judge anyone for what they want to do, but I'm also like, fuck, I want to get out of this. Like, How much of a community do you know in Melbourne still? They must be fuming. So My a, mates in Melbourne pretty fuming. Yeah, a few of the boys I know over there, and especially what's going on at the moment with this Djokovic thing. It's like, oh, like bro, it's like it's just throwing another spinner in the works, and like everyone's just poke just the like, beer a little oh, bit. Everyone's like, what the fuck? And I mean, I see some of their numbers, and I'm not too 
clued into it all but when they can like 30,000 a day and stuff like that and I'm like fuck we've got it actually got it really good here like mm. you never know like they're doing their own tests over there now yeah. like testing themselves and I don't know, do I take the two weeks off work or what it is but I'm like one of the comedians I use like um, he, live, he lives in Sydney I think and he's like Western Australia you guys are living in a fantasy <laughs> land <laughs> and he like just sort of rips out the um, Prime Minister or whatever they call yeah. them Premier mm. of New Zealand and he goes and you know what I'm actually a little bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, so I was in Melbourne. I had friends that were in Sydney, and the boys in Sydney were going through the same thing. We were down in Victoria. Yeah. I had friends up in the sunny coast, up in Coolum. Oh, yeah, no worries. Bro, nothing at all. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? He's like, I just got home from work. I'm not actually, my mate in the sunny coast, and one of the guys I talked to, yeah, um, yeah he, he had a good two-week stint, and, and uh, now he's... Now he's Things more of you know who knows yeah. Yeah, who would know <laughs> yeah well that's what yeah. I was talking to one of the boys up there he's a plumber and he's like oh, we're at work I'm like what do you mean you're at work he's like bro we've got no idea about it up here I'm just like fuck's sakes and that was the, the the hardest thing for me like being stuck in Victoria and we went into like a 23 hour a day lockdown and so yeah. like, you're allowed out for an hour to go shopping and I'm like the fuck am I going to do so I'm stuck at home with, yeah. with just broken up the ex-wife I've got my son with me and I'm like this is just too much for anyone to handle. Yeah. And I think that the, the strange thing over there was we had curfews of like, I think it was 9pm till 5am. Can't catch COVID after 9pm. Well, well, that, well, that, well, that was it, bro. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I actually going to It's like if you sit down, you can't catch oh, COVID. Oh, you go to the, well, like cafes and restaurants at the moment. I'm like, and I mean, each their own, everyone do whatever they want to do. This is funny. Yeah. I like, it's just a strange <laughs> way of life at the moment. And it's like, some of the chaos you see out there and everyone's hating on everyone else and this oh. and that. I'm just like, fuck man. I'm like, carry on. Yeah. You don't want to do your thing. Well, cool. Well, he doesn't want to do his thing either. Just fucking get along. That's like, yeah. I think after the lockdown here in Auckland, that second time around, everyone had just had enough. Oh, like, yeah. Like, we did it. What did you do, eight weeks? Yeah. And by the end of that, I was just... Not like, quite world champs like Melbourne. But no, yeah. fuck no. <laughs> the hardest thing was being stuck in Auckland and no one else around New Zealand when we came out of lockdown wanted us to go visit them. Like, you fucking, you guys stay out there. Hey, keep the border. <laughs> no, I was like, I was in Waikato, like, bring down the border. <laughs> bring it down. Same, like, let's, let's open the New Zealand border back to Australia. I want to go for a visit. Well, that's like... <laughs> so I can come back. We, we looked at that and then, like... So Samoa opened up their borders. Yeah. 15 people on a flight from Australia got there and fucking tested positive. I'm like, I'm just like... It's just the never-ending at the moment. No. I think the thing for me is, like, <clears throat> my missus, her, her family are all from Waikanae, down in Wellington, down Kapiti Coast, and um, we'd wanted to go down for so long to see them. Mm. And every time we'd book, we had to cancel I booked the house had to cancel so we finally got down last weekend and it was fucking good to get down there just yeah. good to be able to travel again get on a plane and go somewhere you get a different outlook on life eh? like oh, right. Capri Coast is pretty pretty amazing it's beautiful so like I, most people drive past it well the thing is like, no one laughed at this but I think we've been to South Island oh, yeah, yeah. Tra- tra- travelled travelled all, all of Australia Europe Southeast Asia I've never been to fucking South Island it's a good spot mate well, was, we were down there we were on the Capri Coast on the, 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 and you can see the it. beach line there. all of them stand there and I said the missile I was like what's that island out there and she just looked at me she's like what what's that island she's like it's a fucking South Island. <laughs> 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 that DSP was, but that is my well, sounds. Like, oh, I was so bad. I was like, oh no. But I mean, it was nice. Like, but you don't realise, like, seriously, no, you don't realise that from Cup of the Coast, there's the South Island. I didn't realise it was that close. I think yeah. it was four hours on a ferry from, or three and a half hours from a ferry from um, Wellington Docks. And I was like, I didn't realise it was that close. Yeah. But I mean, as she said it to me, like, she didn't make me feel fucking dumb for it. And I think that was, <laughs> a, like, that was an awesome thing. Because like, I was like, thanks, Del. Yeah, I was like, I already feel fucking dumb. I was like, but she didn't make me feel stupid for it. It was like, quite nice. And then we caught up, um, it was actually a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, Justin. 
went out to his house and Justin Wilde is yeah. if you want something to watch oh, on YouTube absolute fucking animal like yeah walking along walking along a ridge line with a with one of those like wide angle GoPros makes, I reckon it makes it look worse because like, <laughs> he's like he's like and then he's like oh I wouldn't want to slip down and then he like puts it down and sort of, he's like yeah Justin you yeah. get off the bloody camera and just walk back like, the guy's an animal like I went around to his house and he's just like one of the most generous dudes there is like, did, did you work out with him nah 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 the, the missus told me about one day when they, when they were there and they having a couple of drinks and stuff and he had a goal set for himself 2,000 squats yeah. all this and they're having drinks and he's just standing there squatting on the deck like 2,200 for the day or something I'm just like yeah he has 50th up coming up soon and yeah. I think he's going to do um, like a d- double marathon 50k oh. run or something like it might be across the week absolute. like a thousand reps or something and then a 50k run absolute animal yeah, yeah but I went down there and just the generosity of the guy just jumped up on his deck him and his fiance there and in a minute there's fresh craze on the barbie there's this pile put out on the spread and I'm like man like those, those little things especially about being down Carpenter Coast where I didn't know anybody yeah. I felt at home oh, it, was, it was cool I loved it so what, what, what are they in like wild eats eh? they basically try everything that they they catch yeah so they think, the, the, the protein part of it they, yeah. they're catching yeah. so I think this week it was um, I think they did eel mm, that's they right they did eel um and they did some fresh snapper I seen this did, morning or last night. It didn't tempt you with an earthworm? No, no, no. I'm probably not going to go down that avenue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if anyone is listening to this, like Wild Eats NZ, did some good meals on there. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll give you guys a plug because I'm going back down for some food soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I hope they, you know, gives you some medicine to bring home. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, I was talking to them down there. And so, like, crazy up here in Auckland, it's stupidly expensive. And, yeah. like, if you, if you don't have your own boat or you're close to the boys, well, you should have... Hey, if you've got your own boat, it's still expensive, mate. Oh, yeah, well, that... that yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, the boys up here, like, you should have luck if, you, if you're not out with them. Um, and so, like, I was talking to him, and he's like, oh, we haven't had crows in fucking fair while. I was like, why not? He's like, oh, we got sick of them. I'm like, that's the lifestyle I want to be living. <laughs> that's fucking, uh, like... Yeah, it was... It was just a, such a shock. Like, over in Australia, everything's super expensive. When mm. it comes to seafood, you're paying through your teeth. So, getting back here and having smoked fish all the time and fresh mm. fish and it's just been been beautiful and then going down there and I'm just like that's the way it should be mm-hmm. especially when you're around good cooks mm-hmm. that, way, that makes it even better yeah right, so tell me about the space that we're in so at the moment we're no one be able to see it because the camera's facing us but there's this we can p- nearly see the logo what yeah. have we got here we've got Movement Co so Movement Co is with for all the brothers there's three three people to it um, myself who set it up three years ago mm. um, and then probably about a year ago now just going a year uh, Heather and Ryan stepped into the fold so Heather, I've known since primary school, first day of primary school, same class, we've been friends ever since, so we're going on, what's that, uh, 27 years of friendship, 28 mm. years of friendship, which wow. is like a bit of a push now. Um, and then the other guy is Ryan, um, Ryan's been a friend of mine for two, two and a half years now, um, we met when we were both going through some pretty tough times in life, uh, helped one another through, and yeah, ever since he's stood at my shoulder. So we're actually in a movement co at the moment, which is uh, Heather's little space. Um, so it's an occupational therapy shop, or gym I should say, um, you've got Pilates, you've got all the equipment there, it's a rehabilitation centre for anybody who's either gone through, I guess, physical or, or, or mental um, hardship, um, mm. but you've also got the physios scattered all through the gym, um, so it's, it's one of those places where you can come to and you actually be looked after. And the thing about gyms is a lot of guys, like I'm skinny, um, I, I can run, but that's probably about it, I don't, don't lift weights. You can come into a place like this and you actually feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not judged, you're not looked at wrong. And that's one of the most beautiful things about it. Um, and to have a friend like Heather who owns it, it mm. just makes it even better. Um, so you're saying there's a little bit of um, 
rehabilitation going on like this? How does somebody get their referral to come here? So I wouldn't be able to throw all the knowledge at it yeah. to myself, but um, for my ACC, for, for when I did my shoulder and my knee, I come here and they log from here for me. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I think with a lot of it, so here there during lockdown, especially with running uh, telehealth, mm. um, so she's an occupational therapist, but she deals with... Um, a lot of people on the outskirts of Auckland as well. Mm-hmm. And so because we couldn't, couldn't travel anywhere, well, everything was via the phone or mm-hmm. Zoom, and which mm-hmm. is it's it's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And as they're talking about before empaths, when you when you when you feel things heavy, you take on a lot of shit. And when you're going through your own stuff, it's yeah. it's, it's hard, man. Like a, she's a, she's a very strong person um, mentally. So yeah. Heather, if you're, you're probably going to have to watch this anyway because I'm going to force you to. But um, yeah, no, like I, I appreciate everything she does, especially throwing up a space like this because yeah. it's a space when they're not here, she's like, it's yours for whatever you want to do. Working. So you said like there's a floor space over there yep. and you sometimes hold uh, meetings here. So yep. what, what what is the purpose of your meeting? What's going on so here? So you've, you've been along to, yeah, walks down the Hawks Bay. No, I, I didn't manage to get oh, along, but I've, I've you, seen you, Jack and... Um, uh, Joe, yeah, 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 yeah. So then, um, pretty much with the, any of the for all the brothers, I guess, walks, meetings, catch ups, any of that stuff, it's just an open space. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us have been through problems before, so we've, we've got our own insights into how we dealt with it or went through it. Mm. But to be honest with you, it's just an open space where guys can talk, no bullshit, no mm-hmm. filter, mm-hmm. no judgment. You just, you're just going to be you with other guys. And I think the biggest thing for it is, is once, if you have a guy's going through something. He thinks he's the only one. Once he, he sees somebody else who looks very similar or, or speaks the same way or mm. is, is going through... If you're, if you're in Tauranga and you see Steen and, yeah, and you yeah. go, shit, mate. Oh, yeah, well, one of the boys who you'd be one of the boys you, you won't miss, like, Steen, yeah. Steen's a good dude. Steen and Steen lived in Melbourne together. Oh, right. So that's, that's where I met him was over in Melbourne. Um, and then, yeah, and then he flew back. Um, he actually was like one of the biggest pushes to keep me alive with all the brothers like well there's times where i was like oh, fuck, i don't even know if i want to do this or not i don't know if i'm still doing it right he yeah. kept pushing me um, awesome. so no he's an absolute legend so he runs um alongside two of the other guys three of the other guys in tauranga he runs our walks for us mm. um i mean i met him at one of you going back to breathwork yeah nodal beaches um yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoff, uh, yeah. last year yeah, yeah. and he's wearing, he's wearing the t-shirt yeah he's a good dude he's a unit if you ever see steen you'll know steen he's a, uh, <laughs> he's a big solid boy um, and that was the thing like he went through some pretty heavy shit over in Melbourne um, mm. yeah it was some, some life changing shit for him and he was the same as me like that, that's where it changes your view on life it changes who you are as a person the way you're dealing with things and it makes you straighten up like a bit I mean mm. I was, we're not saying any of us are perfect in any way but it just makes you look at things a little bit clearer and differently yeah. Um, but yeah and saying go back to the walks and, and catch ups it's just it's grown quite big because one thing we do see is a lot of people have their own input or their own styles or their own ways and they think they can fix or heal or make people better. Mm. But we don't want to do that. I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to tell you what to do because I don't even know what to fucking do half the time. <laughs> but I mean, like, if we all start talking, it's, it's, it's like a, a, the simple way I put it, one of the first couple of walks I went on was you're at primary school and the teacher draws a big fucking cloud on the board and writes something in the middle where everyone's brainstorming off that. Mm-hmm. So all these things getting thrown up and written on the board. Same for us men when we sit down. You're going through something. Well, someone else says something. He says something. He says something. He says something. Well, it's the smallest board of information you can take away. You don't have to take on what everyone else is saying, but you can take away those little bits and you implement those into your life. And that's why we try and do it every fortnight, because with anything, it takes 14 days to create a habit. 
Hmm. Like it gives you 14 days to try those new things. You come back. And then well, check in on it. Well, that's yeah. it. That didn't work. Well, that, that, that did work, but I needed to do this to make it work. Where it me. was working and then it fell off. Oh, that's it, 100%. And well, guys, let's go start again. Yeah, well, guys turn up and they're like, oh, fuck, I, I was doing so well the first week with dealing with so-and-so. Um, but then oh, these feelings came through. I'm like, bro, you really should wear of it. Like, mm-hmm. You actually are aware it of is it. it is, yeah, and that's getting, getting some perspective back on, on it, eh? Like, ordinarily it would have been every day going through it, going through the behaviour and not being aware of it. Yeah. Well, you went away and had a week of none of that behaviour and then when you acted that way, you saw yourself acting that way. And you and you called yourself out on your shit. Yeah. See, and that's the biggest thing. Like, a lot of men, we... I said it earlier, but we're, like, we're supposed to be seen as these strong, tough, manly individuals where we've got it all figured out and we know what we're doing. Well, that's, that's bullshit. Couldn't none of us do. And when you're able to call yourself out and be like, okay, I'm, fuck, I'm slipping here, I'm fucking up, I need to reevaluate how I'm doing things. When you're, when you're man enough to be able to do that, mm. that's when you start creating change. Um, and I mean, we've got our walks tomorrow. Um, Auckland, Tauranga, Wellington, Christchurch, uh, Hawke's Bay. Mm. So it's like we're just watching them pop up all around the country. And a lot of these guys are guys I've actually never had the opportunity to meet in person. Fair enough, 90% of them I do know. But the boys down in Wellington, like I've, I've never had the chance to, to meet them all in person. Um, yeah. The O'Leary family down in Hawke's Bay, I've never met them in person before. Yeah. And I mean, it's like these people that just want to step up to create that space for other men, it's fucking awesome. Mm. Because... We've got no rules and regulations when it comes to it. The only thing is no man walks alone. You come down, you catch up with us. Fuck, you can talk about whatever you want or you can say nothing and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's been one of the coolest things about it all is just watching it grow and the connections that are being made. And I mean, even if it's a connection that's made through us and people go off and do their own thing, fuck, I'm all for it because I'm like, everyone's got their own way of dealing and, and, and processing their shit. Yeah. But I guess once you start talking about it, like you said with your brother before, you, you, that's your therapy. Mm. You get it off, and then if there is things that are a little bit deeper, well, you go speak to a therapist or you mm. take take that professional route. But I think the stepping stone for us a lot of men is, oh, bro, I'm not fucked up because he's fucked up too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. No, no one takes. It's kind of intuitive, eh? Like, um, if you can hang around with some fucked up people, you might feel that it's all right. It's all right, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I hope no one takes that out of context. Like, it'd be, me being fucked up in a, in a bit of a friendly manner. But I mean, like, we're all going through shit. We're all going through something, and we're all, I guess, struggling with something. And the second we're like, bro, I'm doing it too. Okay, I'm not alone. I'm Mm. all good. I'm going to have this. And I think the biggest thing for me is seeing people connect. Mm. Um, Because when I thought I was, when I I was going through my heaviest of of shit, I thought I was alone. Mm -hmm. I thought no one would understand me. So seeing these guys all come together. And all it takes is from one group of friends is one strong individual, one person to show up, mm. and then they start talking to one of the other friends, and it just goes into a ripple effect, and mm. Mm. every ripple turns into a wave. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, one person being like, I, I've done psychology. It's like, you? Yeah. Yeah, I've done psychology twice. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, playing lots of sport we did some psychology <laughs> in sport <laughs> and then I, I went on like a week long workshop most of it was the, the key takeaways of that were around psychology yeah. I was like yeah I've done Wim Hof and, and ice baths and the key thing about that is uh, being mindful and getting in touch with your nervous system and being aware of your feelings and yeah. things like that and like isn't it about getting in the yeah. ice nah that's the thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's something to do with the ice <laughs> it, it helps you realise that man yeah. I'm holding on to a lot of shit yeah. right now <laughs> well that's the thing like with, with breath work and I mean if anybody out there is that like I was uh, a fair while ago was very sceptical about that shit and just wasn't 
So you want to hear the name like holotropic? Oh, like well, I was like, what the fuck? Like I mean, the, the whole reason, the whole reason breathwork came about. Isn't it ironic that you like bumping drugs? You're afraid of holotropic. Well, the, the funny thing is, the whole reason um, breathwork came about was so back in the '60s when they started experimenting with LSD. acid. Yeah. Yeah, with acid. That's where it came about. They noticed people like 20 minutes into their trip, so their breathing pattern would change. Yeah, and they were like. Fuck, we're going to replicate this, but without the LSD. I can't remember the dude's name. Who, who? Yeah, he was part of the LSD research, and yeah. then obviously LSD got pulled, and so then he carried on. Oh, I nearly had it. Graph or something like that. So, doesn't matter. <laughs> well, the thing for me was, I was like, first time I did it, I was like, oh yeah, and the second time I did it, I went into this fucking trance, and I was like, wow. Mm. Um, and I mean, anyone out there who has done breath work, you understand that some crazy shit goes on. Mm. Um, mm. Body spasms, the T-Rex hands, the body spasms. I mean, there was one I did in Melbourne where I just ended up soaking in sweat. I was like, it was, yeah, it was crazy. I felt like fire in my chest and my belly and I just, when I sat up and my shirt was just drenched Mm. and I was like, holy fuck. And on the flip side, you can feel freezing cold. So went at the one in in Tauranga or the mountain, I had my um, puffer jacket over my legs and I was like shivering and stuff it's fucking yeah see that's the thing like uh, I think actually the same when I did it on the Gold Coast it was like 34 degrees and I was cold fucking cold <laughs> well did, like the, the thing that scares a lot of people like your first first breathwork session if you go deep and the guys around you go deep it's pretty eye opening mm-hmm. you've got dudes next to you screaming and crying and like releasing some <laughs> heavy shit and so like I was a little bit like this is too fucking far fetched for me well that's like so Aaron my mate the, the one that's just had COVID and stuff um he was at the, the so there was a whim came to Victoria I think it was yeah. in around about 2016 or 17 and had a workshop and lots of these guys that I know in Australia were all at it and so Mark who took the, the session I went to in the Gold Coast yeah. he was the guy burly as fuck construction worker from Melbourne <laughs> bawling his eyes out and poor old Aaron is there like you know he's been, been to Port, um, not Puerto Rico maybe Puerto Rico Amazon or something like that and done Oscar and stuff and he's on a little bit of a spiritual path he's yeah. there, to le- there to learn Wim Hof method and I'll make this items cry he's trying to concentrate on, on um, Wim you know let it go that is the thing for me like if you go along to one of these things you'll see the most like unsuspecting person there who will be bawling their eyes out or, or screaming or releasing some heavy shit and I'm like well, I did it yesterday morning, and yeah. a lot of the time I'm waking up and having to wipe tears from my eyes. Well, that, that's I'm it. not sad. No, but it's a bit of a release. Yeah. It's that release of all those the, the, the built-up fucking feelings, the thoughts. And, like, you think about it, and it's something like um, Lucas Mack, who's a breathwork practitioner, actually travels the world at the moment, he talks about, like, blockages in your body. Mm. You're, doing, you're doing a breathwork session, and you feel a blockage, or you feel a stunt, or you feel as though there's something that's not moving or flowing through your body, and usually it's some... some this might sound out there for some people, but usually it's a block up of energy in your mm. body. You release that. You, you feel a different person. Have you, you heard of an ecstatic dance? So this is what they do in Bali. So yes, So I um, I can't dance for shit. Like, well, you don't need dance. to dance. I can't ecstatic dance. dance. Well, Close your eyes. But the thing is, I love drum and bass. Yeah. Huh? And so I'm like, all I do is just take the music away and dance like I normally would. And I'm like, I fit fucking right in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, the guy I know who I was talking about earlier on, Stephen, the breathwork practitioner, he's the he's the guru when it comes to stuff like that. He mm. lives that life every day. He lives over in Bali at the moment, up in Ubud. Fuck, I was going to say Steve who? <laughs> yeah, no, he's um he's a good dude, real good dude, and he's one of those people who Ubud's so nice by the way. Yeah. That's where I have been in Bali. Yeah, 
So like he, he he was born in West Auckland, some heavy shit in life, and he just he's just made the most of his life to make it a better place for himself. And I'm like, to be able to do that for yourself, but then to be able to turn around on the other hand and do it for other people too, mm. like fuck, it just takes a huge, I guess, amount of personal strength because mm. a lot of people are fucking fear to, they've got that fear to admit their own problems let mm. alone get to help other people with their problems yeah shout out to the other Steve I was thinking I was like hold on Steve <laughs> uh, yes Steve Nikolovsky he's yeah. there he's there in Geelong and I've started a real awesome movement there yeah. obviously they're on the beach and doing ice baths but yeah you know crowd crowd volumes and things like that across yeah. Victoria at the moment are a bit, bit rough and old Mark Cloy's created this amazing retreat and just every time he seems to have an event on if they get locked down again but I think he's, he's managed to get a couple through but That's, yeah Elevated Springs if, if you're checking them out fucking yeah. well that was the thing like we had our walks over in Melbourne men's walks every Sunday morning and lockdown hit mm. and I'm like what did we do like, you can walk 5k's man well that, that was it but everyone was like you could only go you could only go 5k from your house yeah. so like you're like fuck do we walk to the 5k border and say hello and then walk back like separately like, <laughs> maybe you could all be on a zoom <laughs> well, we ended up doing that like the boys I was in Melbourne the boys were here they'd come out of lockdown and I was still in lockdown yeah. we had some of the boys and down the line we had some of the boys in Sydney and so we all just ended up on zoom chats at night and just walking around like these are the boys I met through for all the brothers yeah. and like we helped each other through those shitty times but it's like, well, they're like, what are you doing? I'm going for a walk. I was like, this is my time out of the house. I'm walking as far as I can. But so, yeah, I had that 24 hours set up over there to do. COVID hit. Well, we dropped that out of the fucking ballpark as well. And so I couldn't do that. And then, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It was Melbourne was awesome. Loved it. But it was one of the most eye-opening things for me. Mm. If it didn't happen, I wouldn't be who I am now. Yeah. yeah. Probably still be up to no good. Living <laughs> a shitty lifestyle. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. West Auckland's pretty nice. You know, uh, you're, you're in the trees. West Auckland's one of the most beautiful places. I fucking love it. Like, yeah. We were out at Pihau this morning, me and the missus, to my young father and the two dogs out there. And I'm like, there's no better place. What are your dogs, bro? Uh, so I've got a staff. Mm. The missus has got a staffy cross whippet. Rescue dog. Mm. Both rescue dogs. Mm. He's got a rescue dog. And she got him and no shit, he probably would have fit in the corner of corner of my forearm. He was fucking small. Was, uh, he got left on the side of the road. He just wasn't a, um, I guess wasn't, looked after very well and he was scared of males and that was another thing for me I've always connected well with animals well he was scared shitless of me and I was mm. like oh, fuck what's, it, what, what's this going to be like yeah. um, but no he's grown into one of the most beautiful dogs and my, my staff's very placid and she looks after him and this and that and so we took them out to the beach they ran for a good would have been a good 8k this morning just, just non-stop oh, yeah. throwing the ball and it was fucking awesome and then I mean it's the moments like this morning where I'm just truly grateful for everything mm. you know, it sounds sounds stupid and soft but you just have a moment of realisation you're like yeah this is what life's about yeah I hope uh, the breeding in New Zealand of Steffies is taken after the ones in Australia because that, that was a real hard mental state to be like yeah. Steph is walking up to you in Australia being like hey give me a pet man yeah yeah, yeah. I'm good I'm not going to bite your face off well that's like like <laughs> my pup she's she's beautiful she's so placid and she's not my young father since he was probably six months came came over to New Zealand with him and they became best friends mm. as we came back and oh so you got an Aussie staffy no 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 so Steph, Steph's up from over here oh, my, bro- oh, my, right. bro- my brother's dog we've, we've ended up with now okay um, I see. so it's 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 like one of the one of the best things and we were talking about this the other day like animals are one of the biggest healing things mm. you got a dog man you're, 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 I don't know about other people I don't really have any other animals but dogs for me it's unconditional mm. they love you regardless you have a shitty day at work, you had a good day at work, you don't see them for fucking 12 hours, whatever it is, mm. they love you. And yeah. I'm uh, yeah, animals and healing are probably two of the things that go hand in hand. Hard out, yeah. There's equine therapy, dog therapy, mm. you know, uh, assistant dogs yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely true. Um, 
what did, what did you think the biggest learning of setting everyone down was like what you said like immediately everyone was on the same level you said everyone down so the one thing we talk about quite a bit is when we do especially myself when we do a for all the brothers circle at one of our walks and go through the pits and peaks of good and bad of the week and this and that a lot of people notice I crouch so mm. I'm always sitting lower than everybody else because I never want to feel as though mm. I'm above anybody mm. same as with like talking about group situations so you talk about sitting on the ground like there's nothing more calming and especially if, if you're I guess anxiety ridden so your anxiety's kicking off because you know you're going to have to speak to this group of boys or, or whatever it is you don't want to be seen as an outcast you don't mm-hmm. want to be seen as, as you're lower than anybody else and a lot of the guys especially if they come along to our things are big dudes they're fucking big boys so you never want to be looked down by anybody so I'm like if everyone sits down on the ground you're all looking at each other eye level mm-hmm. um, and it's something that one of the boys Ty he told me he goes to a lot of group speaking um, I guess open spaces and so they're all sitting in a, in a uh, classroom or a, or a hall or whatever seated normally there's a person standing up on a on a, on a like a disc yeah. um, and he's like that makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm looking down on these people trying to connect with them uh, like uh, live a lie yeah. he's like so I just sit down he's like, yeah. I'd rather sit down and cross my legs and look like a dickhead and connect with these people properly and I think that's the biggest thing for us man if, if all the boys sit on the ground well, everyone's we're all the same yeah I go back to your um, reservations about holotropic breathwork have you like when you're out on your walks have you come to the like concept of literal grounding so that's something I actually Steen talks about it all the time mm. um, and he was a big push for me with this was actually grounding myself mm-hmm. and that's it straight away the beach is my second home. Right, I love awesome. I was a beach more than anything so it's people buzz out because I don't wear my sandals down the beach no, I've never, never done it well, I take my shoes off and fuck if you come out to PR and steal my fucking jandals or <laughs> <laughs> but I take my jandals off and I tuck them under my front wheel and I'm like, I'm literally like straight tucked under my front wheel and walk down. And like a couple of people be like, are you scared someone's going to take your shoes? I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't wear my shoes on the beach. Yeah. So you walk down on the beach and at that moment of grounding, literally having my feet in the sand, um, having my feet in the dirt, having my feet in the water and just being at, at one present with nature. Mm. It's one of the greatest feelings there is. Yeah. A lot of people find it, I don't know, they, they, they find it like kind of um, overrated. I'm like, that's the best thing for me. Yeah, I also wonder how much of it is a like reinforcing of it. So like, I got reminded of grounding the the other day, and I'm just in the process of setting up a little bit of gym in the in the garage, and I got some rings yeah. the other day. And so then it's been like walking across the grass to the to the garage, and you know being conscious of like walking across the grass. You're like, oh yeah, that's good. It's like that, that, that's the thing. Like Steen said it to me. He's like actually taking note of where you are like yeah. being present oh, yeah, maybe that's more of it yeah because yeah. a lot of people you do shit and because we're so fast paced in life I guess we're, we're all just trying to get from A to B yeah. and we're not worried like we're not we don't really take the time to slow down and focus on our movements to get from A to B mm-hmm. and for me like <clears throat> it did take me a long while and I'm, there's still moments where I'm completely blase to it all mm. but like actually taking my shoes off standing in the mud mm. getting dirty mm. um, centering yourself or, or taking that moment to actually just be present and I think it, fuck it sounds dumb we, we all do it but it's a fun now mm-hmm. because we're interested in taking that photo instead of focusing on what's underneath us yeah. and I'm like, so like I do the, the walk out at PR a fair bit and a lot of the time I'll get to the top and just take my shoes off and just put my feet in the mud and yeah. I'm like fuck this is such a great feeling <laughs> and I think it's it's another thing to go back to kids is my son's taught me this yeah. he, he's like 
no matter what we are what we're doing or where we are he's he fully immersed in it eh? right 100 he finds enjoyment and like all he wants to do is search for bugs and like those little moments and i'm like here i am worried about i don't know what's for dinner or what someone said fucking a month ago or mm-hmm. like where my, where my mind's going where i could just really just stop and center and, and be present in those moments mm-hmm. and i think that's like <laughs> that that grounding i guess <clears throat> whole motion is people they do it to tell other people but if you do it for you mm-hmm. that's where you make a huge difference mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah that's no, funny like just talking with um Stefan about doing marathon was he said it, like he found it like I was kind of meditative and I'm like yeah because you're like concentrating on your breathing you're counting all the reps you're yeah. trying to push through the um, physicality the pain and so literally it's um, meditation and then um, you know he's saying about how men are sort of come across as this big and burly thing and um, hunting is is secret meditation and that's why pe- guys come back and keep going out even though they don't get anything because actually <laughs> they're doing exactly that they're in this intense green you know they're walking along they're very conscious of where they're placing their feet they're very conscious of where they're putting everything and moving their body they're conscious of the trail that they're following they're looking at all the bugs mm. the, the trees and everything and of course they're looking for the tiniest movement or hear sound and you know listening to birds and all that sort of stuff it's slowing them down oh guess what <laughs> yeah that, 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 that is like it's a hundred percent you're like nail on the head there but it's you get to say oh, i'm a hunter <laughs> yeah but it's like slowing them down and it's like it's like fishing so i've got a lot of oh, boys up, up here in auckland who, t- who fish um one of the guys josh he's absolute fucking legend in my eyes he used the ocean as his therapy yeah and he's just like being out there on the boat just taking the time like so he soft baits a fair bit he uses his lures and taking that time with his cast and he's just like i catch no fucking fish but he's like that was the best therapy session for me ever mm-hmm. um and i think that's the thing that going back to like hunting like actually being there and being present in the moment regardless of how tough you look with that fucking gun on, the, on your back like, <laughs> you're in the present moment you're you focused on what you're doing and all of us go to work and so we're just like go 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 we don't take the time to slow down mm. um, you get home from work or it's dinner it's kids it's missus it's this and that go to sleep do it again tomorrow especially if you're like trying to you know <laughs> follow a TV show on a TV like that's the, <laughs> that, that is the, like the, that is like you know how there's like the meme that it's programming like that is the worst day like oh I just got to put a little bit more pressure on that we've got to get all this <laughs> shit done by 7.30 because we've got to watch that show got to watch that TV. show yeah. I, like, um, talk- I had that you hate that or you had that I had that so now they've got Netflix and stuff you're like you're all good yeah. you get to watch it whenever you want to but like when it used to be like TV shows TV shows were on at like 7.30 8 o'clock and you couldn't miss it and I'm like man I remember when I was like just out of my trade and I used to be that way I used to boost home do everything get it all done watch it go to sleep and I was like I wondered why my mental health was in such a bad state it's because I was constantly just go 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 <laughs> and I think I've only just thought of that right then well, that, 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 bro, it's and I've, been, I've been had TV for so long. No, it's, it's funny because a lot of a lot of us, like especially as men, we're like we see everyone else so, I guess, highly achieving. Mm. We see everybody else being able to do it, or, or that, that that toxic mentality, like that, that hustle and grind mentality. That's not fucking good for you. Mm. And so that's like when I left my original career, um, I was doing seventy hours a week before COVID hit. Wow, mass money doing really well but it's not healthy for you mm. and so now as i said to you before um i've jumped on as a builder and i'm building and i fucking love it it's um yeah one of the, one of the best things you can do i work monday to friday i have fun with the boys on site <clears throat> i finish on friday at 3 30 pick up my son and i'm like 
that's my new routine. I've got all this time for me now. I've got all these time to do things I want to do, and I get to slow down. So it's fucking awesome. Mm, that's that's real good. And like so, again, we sort of started off with like social media can be so toxic. You know, take up all this time. How do you manage it? Yeah, really badly. So it is. I'll be honest about that. Like, I mean, it, 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 that's the biggest thing about having Heather and Ryan. Um, before them, it was just me. Mm. And our following's got quite large, and there is a fair bit of interaction behind the scenes, especially when it comes to messaging or um, making Zoom calls or being there for those people who are actually going through a tough time. I mean, Heather's the trained one out of us all, so she does take on a lot of that brunt now, mm. but it takes it off my hands because when it was only me, I couldn't do it all. There's no way you can physically keep up with all these other people's lives and help them out when they need help and also be there for yourself. Mm-hmm. Something that got pushed on me a fair bit towards probably the end of last year was making sure that I take more time for myself than I give to other people because it, I guess you create this platform where you're about helping other people but what happens when you're just constantly helping other people and you're not getting anything back in return? Um, so yeah, Heather, it's, almost, it's almost like the, the drugs thing. It's like, 100%. keep it out here. Yeah. Yeah. So Heather and Ryan... They do a lot of the work behind the scenes for me. So they're um, two of the fucking legends that without them, this wouldn't be anything. Um, Heather's on there fuck, constantly. Ryan's on there constantly. They're just, if there's a message and they know that it's not directed for me specifically, mm. they'll jump on, they'll assist, they'll help out, they'll send people in the right avenues. Mm. They'll, they, they, they just do everything behind the scenes for me. And it's fucking awesome. Awesome. And like the, the thing is, as I said, social media, it can be toxic because everyone believes they have an opinion on everybody else. Everyone believes they can just put their two cents in and it's not going to affect a real life human because mm. you, you're on a screen. You don't know who's yeah, And especially it. when you guys are going, going from a brand perspective. like That's it. Yeah. And like, so like the thing for us was we never want to get caught into that shit. So we get, we get a lot of hate. We get some shit sent to us that is fucking nasty. And like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, bro, like... Me and Heather and Ryan were talking about it just before Christmas and some of the shit that we, we'd been sent, we were just like, what the fuck do we even do? And there's so many times where I've been like, I want to call these people out or I want to say something or I want to tell somebody else about it. I don't but, understand that yeah, at all. Well, that's that's the hardest thing for me was like, you're trying to do good in the world and people are just shitting on you. Like, this is not how it should be. And as much as I want to call these people out, I'm like, fuck, if I buy into that, that just makes me as worse as them. Mm. And a lot of people are wanting the reaction from it. And that's why I'm just like, fuck it. I'm like... They can say that shit. I'm going to leave it unseen and just do that. I'm like, I, I can't buy into it. And that's, I think that's where social media does get toxic because a lot of people see other people saying something about them and take it very personally when all of a sudden, in reality, it's just somebody behind their phone just trying to be yeah, a tough I guess, guy. I guess I can, now, now I'm seeing, like you say, if you're taking what you guys are putting out yeah. personally, then you might react. Yeah. And like a lot of these people who are saying that shit, they're obviously struggling themselves. That's right. You don't go around trying to burn another human because you're on fire yourself. Like that's not how it works. Um, mm. But for a lot of people out there, and we, we thought stepping into the, to the mental health space, like everyone would be supporting and, and helpful and this and that. Fuck me, it's the opposite way. Like it's just, there's a lot of, <coughs> when it comes to social media, everyone wants to be the best, the greatest. They want to have the most followers and mm. this mm. and that. And so we've copped a fair bit of, yeah some shit times but I'm like it doesn't affect me like it used to and I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing mm-hmm. I kind of just let it go to the side now and I'm not going to say like it's sometimes it doesn't fucking piss you off mm-hmm. but I'm like it's just not as in, I guess it's not that feeling that it used to come where I used to be like so cut up or, or, or hurt because I'm like why doesn't this person accept me or like me or, or yeah yeah and like can't they see we're trying to help me yeah those, those yeah. sorts of questions I guess um, 
maybe this is just like a reframing you know maybe you guys in that circumstance aren't going to be the moment that shifts that person along oh yeah but it might be one of many things that make them realize the where they're at so you know thinking of it in the long term you know and and unfortunately they've vented you and you're taking the brunt yeah Yeah. well this is the same before like when we get like people along to our walks or our groups or or whatever it is and they go off and start their own little branch or their Mm. own little thing that's why i'm fully supportive of it because these people that are coming at us because they're obviously going through some shit themselves and maybe what i'm doing or what i'm putting out there or what we're all doing isn't helping them but maybe somebody else will mm. and that's why i'm like that's why I'm, fuck, i'll support any group out there who's trying to push for a, for a greater world or a better change because i'm like they might be the person who saves somebody else mm. and that's that's what it should be about at the end of the day not who's the best it should be about all working together like as together we make such a difference in the world yeah 80 or eight hundred thousand um helpers short at the moment like people trying to get access I think it's 800,000. So the thing is, it's impossible. Like, it is impossible to get the help you need. Yeah. Um, Even talking about, like, rehab facilities. Trying to get into rehab facilities. It's impossible. So I I never went down that avenue myself, but I do know people who have. Going to rehab for either drug or alcohol, it's fucking impossible. Um, Is there any private stuff over there? There is. Yeah. But you got to have Again, money. Yeah, money, money. And, and when there's, you know, such a f- small resource, you can charge what yeah. you're lucky. Well, you've got like, you got like Odyssey, Odyssey House and stuff like that, which is um, free, mm-hmm. but trying to get in there, yeah. it's fucking impossible. Um, and that's, that's the hardest thing. You see a lot of guys, as I said, you know, as men, we turn to drugs and alcohol to, to mask our shit problems. Well, what happens when that turns into addiction and you need therapy or you, you need a specialist or a counsellor to be able to help you through that? Well, how are you going to get that help if you can't get into rehab? Mm. And it's, it's, it's a big thing over here in New Zealand and I guess drugs are rife, but it's that's something where <clears throat> I guess as friends we all step in because you, you know when your friends are going overboard. You know when your friends are doing something a little bit too much or, mm. or that mm. lifestyle is becoming a permanent lifestyle. I think that's where as friends we step in and we just we don't give everyone the answers, but we just try and help them out. You try and offer them other things they can do. Um, if someone offered me instead of, I guess, get on the gear and go to a pub, fuck, six, six, seven years ago, and offered me to go fishing or something like that, I would have been stoked. But that didn't happen. Mm. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I, when those guys come along to our walk, we we're in the same situations, we try and just get them to look to their friends. They just say, oh, bro, can, can we go do this instead? Which is... I guess it's a huge stepping stone. It's not the help they exactly need, but it's something for the meantime. Mm. Yeah, that was what I was asking about when you were 13. Like, mm. what sort of vacant hole? That that was the thing that stepped in? Well, that's, that's kind of it. Like, I was playing league and stuff like that, and then that was that was it, league, school. Nothing really. Mm-hmm. And I guess, yeah, you find things that just make you... Everyone else is doing it, so why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a shitty thing to get into and a shitty cycle to, to be living. Um, so when you make that permanent decision that I don't need to drink all the time I don't need to do drugs all the time it makes you feel so much better I mean like I've been a pack pack and a half day smoker for the last what 12 so like 18 years 17 Mm. years and so New Year's Eve I quit so I quit and haven't had a cigarette since and it was one of the greatest feelings ever Um, like it's the things like that making those things you make yourself proud and Mm. if you can make those decisions that change your life for a healthier, better way. Fuck, you make yourself proud of anything. That's all that matters. So, what's your been your mentality? So, when I have smokers at work, because smoking is four times the risk for macular degeneration, plus like everything else, makes you get cataracts faster. If you've got, you know, like my, like 
think about half the population metabolic syndrome makes all those things worse mm. you know it's just basically four times worse for everything and so I know that if you ask why to someone that it's confronting but I think in the smoking um, yeah. situation it's good to confront them you know what the funny thing is half the people don't know why they smoke yeah most people ask that I started right. smoking when I was 16 like yeah. you said I started smoking when I was 12 yeah. and obviously you have to pick your audience but the other time I've gone are you still 12 yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing is like so I didn't know why I was smoking I thought I enjoyed it and like fair enough like like you think in the moment you're enjoying it but you're not like who wants to go spend 35 bucks on a <laughs> fucking cardboard with some paper in it with some tobacco and just burn it because it makes you feel like here bro but it, it, it's, it's your buzz of nicotine I hadn't had that feeling forever yeah so like I didn't get you don't get the head rush you get nothing at all it just becomes an addiction you wake up in the morning first thing you need to do coffee and cigarette mm. I don't know why the fuck I'm doing that so now I just wake up and I have my coffee and I'm like well, this is so much better. Like, I get to have, get to have my coffee inside when it's pissing the rain. Like, the, the little things. Um, but yeah, like, shout out to the missus. I know she'll probably watch this, but like, you know when you meet somebody who's a positive influence in your life? Mm. And she's been one of those people, especially like, so we've been together nine months, nine and a bit months. She's been one of those people that's never doubted me. Mm. She's always pushed me to be better. Um, mm-hmm. and, she's not, and I'm not saying like, pushed me... And being on my back she's just been like I'm here to support you whatever you do so that's one of the fucking greatest things so when I said to her last year that I wanted to quit smoking she wasn't one of those people that was on my back you need to quit you need to quit you need to quit she's like fuck sweet let's do it mm. and so like New Year's Eve we got home and I said you were in bed by 20 past 12 so I had my last cigarette and then woke up in the next morning and she wasn't one of those people how do you feel oh do you want a cigarette and I'm like she knows that's going to trigger me it's going <laughs> to piss me off yeah. but she's been one of those people and like like every second or third day she's like fuck I'm proud of you mm, and awesome. I'm like that's one of those people you need in your life because even though you're proud of yourself you, you, yeah, fuck all of us love external gratification <laughs> we love someone to tell us that we're good yeah, <laughs> like, like, even if we know we're good we want to be told we're good so there's like the, the concept of the five lang- love languages and one of them is like um, words of affirmation mm. and that's also like one of the, the tools that you can do to try and change your behaviour is you know try to affirm yourself what, you, what your desired attributes are mm. You know, live it. Start living it now. You know, live it as if you were you were that person. And so, you know, words of affirmation are always sort of up there in the top top three or three or four. You know, there's there's things that really stand out to people. Like for me, it's um, quality time and and physical touch with people that I love. Love. And and as 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 you were saying about this this your acquaintances and then there's there's your true friends and. yeah, it's it's quite funny, and I, and I guess that's from upbringing. I, like, I grew up with my dad. My mum and dad are still together, and my dad's not a hugger. But like with the people I love, yeah. I love like touch. Yeah, and and you know someone might get, get all Freudian on me and say that's probably because dad didn't hug you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's one of the things. Like like I'm the even my mum. I'm yeah, the, the same. Time. I'm like straight up to the boys, massive hug, and some of them are like, "Fuck, you're weird," <laughs> and I'm like. Bro, like my my mate Matt has his parents are really like yeah. good hugs and um, yeah we joke that we go to Matt's house to, to, <laughs> to, to, to feel loved. As <laughs> <laughs> I said, you bro, like, like yeah, as men, like none of us actually admit it or say it, but all we want to be doing is loved, appreciated, um, and accepted. Yeah, that's it. And like those are three things that it's the hardest for men to ask for. Mm. Well, we don't feel love 
we either give love or we cut people off. We don't feel accepted. We go out of our way to make people accept us and to, to feel welcomed or we cut people off completely. Mm. I'm like, and, then, and that's kind of um, uh, what tends to be our default reactions is either anger or withdrawal. Yep. Um, and not often we show sadness. Some, some people will then try to manipulate and control, uh, which they, you know, they're all like yep. ne- negative well, you know, there's so many ways of determining it below the line or whatever you want to talk yep. about it. Um, behaviors. But again, it's like we're talking about if you've identified them and then you, you're starting to see them in your behavior, you're then able to change them. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it takes a lot of shit for us men to actually be able to admit that to ourselves. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is toxic. What I'm doing is not healthy. The way I'm treating myself or treating others and the, the, my coping mechanisms aren't good and i'm not saying that every coping mechanism we have as men is a bad thing Mm. sometimes we do have to put boundaries up we do have to put walls up but it's actually being aware um and the funny thing as bad as this sounds going back to relationships two years alone by myself after Mm. the breakup with my ex-wife or a year and a half or whatever it was best fucking thing of my life like because i'd gone from relationship to relationship relationship constantly Mm. to be with somebody to Mm -hmm. feel loved myself because that's what I thought love was, was being with somebody. Yeah. No, I didn't think it was I've loving myself. Had the, had the same experience. Yeah, it wasn't. The, I didn't think it was loving myself. Mm. So I took that year and a half, just under a year and a half, by myself completely with no no texting females, no wanting to be in a relationship, no none of that shit at all. And I, it was the greatest thing I've ever done mm-hmm. because I came out that side. I'm not saying I'm fucking 100% perfect now, but I dealt with a lot of the shit I was going through, which, I mean, in every relationship, there's always... The two two parts to every issue there's some some toxic shit that we all do but i realized like the stuff that i was doing which wasn't good but also realized the stuff which i've got to offer and when i started to love myself i realized fuck i'm unstoppable now because mm. even if they don't love me even if somebody else doesn't want to accept me i love myself enough for both of us mm. and that's all that matters it's funny you talk about like um putting up a boundary as a coping mechanism can be good um so the farm thing was accident, mm. but it was you know, it was awesome. It's a perfect environment to be yeah. when you're being locked down, but you've and you're, and you're isolated. But in terms of um, then a boundary for like you say that attachment to other people, I entered the um, ultra marathon, and so I had eight months to train for this thing. <laughs> and it was, it was fucking early too. Cutting everybody off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, nah, sorry, I've got to go run yeah. a thousand miles this week. <laughs> no, not a thousand, but <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and my girlfriend, because we had started seeing each other by November, so um, there's two months there where I was running ridiculous amounts. And my girlfriend said, when you got back from that, you were a different person. Mm. And I was like, yeah, like, again, I was running down that hill thinking about the last six months thinking about everything that, that I've been through hurting like fuck yeah. and bawling my eyes out because I was like that was that was so much shit that's now gone that's, that's done it's it's funny because there's men like I think all of us have done it you break up with your missus so the boys like oh fuck let's get on the piss and go to town mm. oh let's jump on Tinder or <laughs> this or that like and I'm kind of glad that when like it's this sounds really bad but like when me and the ex-wife did break up that i was in lockdown in <laughs> victoria with by her my, by, no with, like with, so we were we, we were locked down in the same house for the first three months four months yeah and then she took off for a little bit and so it was me in the house yeah and that time by myself was the most fucking beneficial ever and then i came back to new zealand and 
I didn't want a missus. I didn't want a mm-hmm. girlfriend. I didn't want any other complications besides to be me and figure out where I fit in the world anymore. Mm. And um, did you did you also have the same feeling that you needed to sort out a structure for your kid? That, that was one of the biggest things. Was and so how how can like when it comes to your children, then like you know, you, my biggest fear. Like you realize love. Yeah, well, hundred yeah. percent. Like you unconditional. Unconditional love. love. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll do anything for him. Yeah. And the hardest thing for me was setting back into a new 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 country again being back in new zealand settling into a new job trying to settle into a routine to make sure my son was mm-hmm. was, was okay and cared for and looked after so i didn't have the time for it and it was it was good for me because i had friends i needed one to catch up with here and spend time with again and this and that so it was nice to have the, the mind busy but then i mean like you don't lie you go home at the end of the night and you feel pretty lonely sometimes and this and that and then um yeah like i been like a year year and a half and i was finally feeling like okay fuck i know who i am now i love myself enough to step forward in life and bro i went out one night to have a couple of drinks with some friends and my partner's name got mentioned and shit you guys meant the old-fashioned way bro like for real my partner's name got mentioned at uh, when we were having a couple of beers and so i did the the uh gentleman thing and added her on instagram at 2 a.m in the morning oh, nice. <laughs> Did you DM her as well? Slide her? I did the did the following day. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, so she's um. So it was quite the old-fashioned way, you know, yeah, on, well, on Instagram she, sliding into the DM. She put, she, that's exactly how it happened. She put up something about a spicy noodle soup. She, being from from Carpley Coast, she's up in Auckland. She didn't know where to get some decent spicy noodle soup, and so I just slid in there and said, "Oh well, how about I take you to get take you there?" there. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. bold. So uh, yeah, and that's then, outstanding. Uh, it never. Yeah, just never look back. Um, being, as I said, I've been one of the best people to have in life mm. because it's not somebody who wants to hold you back. It's somebody who wants to grow with you. And I'm like, fuck, man, like, that's one of the greatest feelings there is. That's uh, awesome, Yeah. Bro. So you go from, go from the shittest of life to go from the, the lows of the lows to, to tell yourself you, you're worthless, everything else that you tell yourself when you're in those, those points in time, to go to now like thoroughly thriving in life. Like I am genuinely the most happy I've ever been. And, and awesome self-worth oh, it sounds like. that's it like bro like a lot of guys don't understand it but like the second you learn to love yourself nothing else matters yeah. I, like I I love waking up and going to work I love the time with my son I love the time with my partner I love the, the little things in life now because for so long I overlooked it and it's like you find that centre where you you thrive in life and you just live out of that and like for so long I was trying to live Everywhere, and they trying to do everything and, and please everybody else. And I was like, "Fuck! I'm the only one who has to be happy. Yeah. And if I'm happy, I can make other people happy." And nice, bro. Yeah. So where do, where do people find it to be nice and get something out of this? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that's the hardest thing. And as I said before, if anyone is going through shit, therapy. Speak to your brothers. Like yeah. Start off by speaking to your brothers. Come along to one of the for all the brothers catch ups or one of the other mini catch ups out there. Or so the Instagram and Facebook. Instagram and Facebook. Um, Facebook really, I didn't really think much about it. Like yeah. Facebook's hard because it just seems like it's a place where a lot of people hate on one another. Yeah. But like I never really, I look at some of the comments and I'm like, yeah, it's not for me. But Instagram mainly, we do have a Facebook page. Um, it's very unmanned or, or, or unattended, so I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Instagram mainly, everything's on our Instagram. I've taken a bit of a step back because I used to post fucking everything and this mm-hmm. and that and with the algorithms going on at the moment the content interactions are a little bit tough mm. I don't know if you've noticed it yourself but it's dropped off like yeah. since they did that meta changeover yeah reels yeah yeah. well someone said this to me the other day as well you have mm. to start doing reels and yep. you'll get like a 50% more interaction yeah it's, it's amazing it's fucking strange so, so is it, but okay what's messed up is so I was making videos yeah 
which you know only stay in again the meta transfer yeah. they used to have IGTV which was really helpful yeah. and that's why I started doing videos on Instagram yeah. and they brought it on Reels and changed to meta and they incorporated the videos into your a grid yeah. I think they call it and so then yeah it was just like it just I, dropped. I was like whoa yeah so like we were we noticed it was like October Novemberish maybe yes it was and everything started to, to drop and like we'd gone from six seven thousand likes or interactions on a post to right at the moment we're like and then even like your story doesn't reach anymore no so like i've got i was sitting at just under forty thousand followers sometimes i get 135 views on my my story and i'm like what's going on here and so the more i've looked into it i've spoken to a couple of people and they're like they tried to over post flood your news feed with posts and hopefully that kick starts the interaction again didn't work like it got a little bit more of a following but didn't really work and then I spoke to someone the other day and they're like reels like 50 to 100% more interaction on your post because we, yeah. your posts are real and I'm like dude I don't want to fucking post a reel like start, start getting your TikTok dances <laughs> on Zane. yeah well that's that's fucking it I'm going to have to uh, step up those fucking dance moves no but, just bring, bring some uh, b-roll along from your walks and well, that's, put, some, put some songs over the top of it you know, so no we one's voice gets heard yeah because we were talking about like filming a bit of our, our walks stuff like that we like to keep them a lot of them I guess is private, eh? Yeah, because there's a lot of guys that share shit they don't want anyone to hear about. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. It could be some B roll. Yeah, fucking yeah. yeah. Just fill the background with music. Well, that's what I might talk to the boys about. But it's um, it's funny about social media because you like you think you're doing so good in the world, and then you're like, oh, fuck, no one's seeing it. It's just a weird metric as well, eh? <laughs> but like having the phone in your hand, who thought that the phone in your hand might give you the answers to what you're looking for in life? Like it's fucking strange. <laughs> and as much as it's like, toxic, it's fucking very helpful and sometimes it's very therapeutic just, yeah. just sit there after a shitty day at work on your phone and just scroll aimlessly and, and find out some realisations yeah. Yeah. and it, I suppose it depends what, what you've what you've got it uh, primed for like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's been a people that unfortunately have the wrong thing primed on oh, you yeah. and it yeah, makes them worse they're following the wrong pages don't go on Twitter if you've had a shitty day at work <laughs> yeah, you end up reading some of the worst shit ever yeah. so, but no it's I love it. I mean, I wouldn't have the world any other way than it is for myself right now. Yeah. Doing the best I can, trying to help one another, loving life with the missus and my son, and that's all I could ask for. Awesome, bro. So that, that might be your answer, but um, how I like to finish is, you know, what keeps you in flow? So when things are going well, this shows up. It can be like a way you live your life or a mantra or, or a quote or something. Do you have anything like that? Not really for me. It's for me, honestly, and it's something that, every one of us can do is your phone the mm. picture on your phone <laughs> that that drives me yeah it's a picture of me and my son and a picture of me and my missus and i'm like those are the two people who will make me smile even in the worst of times i've got to get up and i've got to fucking do it for these people and that was one thing i've always like it's always been a photo of my dog or my son <laughs> because i'm like that makes me happy and awesome. like, a lot of people overlook it they've got some generic fucking background on their phone or a photo of themselves or whatever it is I'm like find that thing you love the most and never stop doing what you're doing because those people love you too and I nice. love yeah once, once you find love bro nothing else in the matter just love yourself first and then everyone else will love you in return that's good thanks so much Zane a little bit soppy and shit but that's no, where it's no, out no, that's what it's about bro <laughs> that's what it's about uh, legend mate thanks so much right, my fucking man. awesome to meet in person lovely